This is Laura Deardo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Mike Backus, President and CEO of Oswego Health. Mike, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare, and I'm really excited to learn more about what you're doing at Oswego Health. But before we dive into those questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. And and I really appreciate Becker's having uh, me on and talk a little bit about the work we're doing here at Oswego Health in upstate New York. Um, so uh, my background's a little bit unique in healthcare. So I started my career working uh, in the federal government, spent some time working in the state government here, and then uh, had joined a number of different healthcare boards, including an FQHC in our community, uh, Federally Qualified Healthcare Center. And by that kind of route also ended up on the Oswego Health Board. Um, spent a lot of time on there, it was about 10 years total in board leadership, and then uh, Oswego Health was going through a leadership transition. And I was there, and in 2020, uh, I, I worked with my predecessor, Michael Harlovic. He brought me in in 2020 as Chief Operating Officer, Executive Vice President. I uh, worked on a number of different projects uh, here at the hospital, some modernization initiatives that we worked on. Uh, and then we, of course, had uh, COVID, which I'm sure we'll spend some more time talking about here in the podcast, uh, happened in 2020. And, and certainly I, I stepped in and, and helped our team here through that process and through the last three years. Um, now situated here as president CEO, I started that in January of 2023. So in my second year now uh, leading our health system, uh, you know, Oswego Health is an independent community hospital located in upstate New York, right on the shores of Lake Ontario. Uh, the city of Oswego, where we're actually, uh, our main location is our main hospital, um, you know, has really gone through a rebirth in the last 10 years. Uh, we've had some great young leadership here, and uh, the city, the downtown's never looked better. Uh, we actually have some doctors now that have uh, lived lived in downtown Oswego in some brand-new market-rate apartments. Uh, to have that happening here in, in a community um, you know, that, that's been through hard times, you know, the Rust Belt and some difficult economic times uh, to really start now emerging. And as we have some economic development on the horizon, uh, I think Oswego Health is in a really, really great position uh, to be a leader in healthcare in central New York. And as a community hospital, we play a very, very important role in that continuum of care. So, uh, and we're a true system, you know, we have 17 locations spread across uh, us all of Oswego County. And certainly we see patients from, from not only Oswego County, but also Onondaga, which is just south of us, um, in partnership with a lot of other community hospitals and health systems as well. So uh, a lot of good work there, but a unique background, certainly. Well, that's fantastic to hear. And, you know, it, it seems like you're just truly passionate about the hospital as well as the Oswego community. Um, and, and it's great to know that, you know, it, it's in a place where there's economic development and um, really some exciting times ahead, it seems like. So given that position, what are some of the big issues that you're following in healthcare right now? What captures most of your attention and, and what are you keeping your eye on? So certainly, you know, issues that are, you know, around staffing, you know, the, the education components and building more uh, pipelines for recruitment of, of clinical staff is, is on every CEO's mind, I think, in healthcare uh, across the entire country. And certainly we are in the same space. I will say, though, um, I think Oswego Health has historically done a, a tremendous job keeping that care accessible and local. Uh, we've had a crew here uh, of clinical leaders that have been in this community 35, 40 years. We just celebrated a nurse in our ICU who's been with us 40 years. 
um, tremendous, tremendous dedication to Oswego Health and to this community. And um, having grown up here, I, I'm, I'm from this community. I've lived here my entire life. My kids are the seventh generation, my family, uh, to live in a small community called Mexico, New York, just down the road from Oswego. Um, you know, to have that, those local ties and to have that local leadership uh, really is important. So when we talk about staffing, right now we're working with high schools, we're working with students as, as early as eighth grade to talk about healthcare careers and what that can look like. Uh, we've been a leader on pipeline development uh, in the state of New York. Our HR team uh, does a tremendous job going out there and trying to work with our uh, career and technical training institutions here in upstate New York and certainly in Oswego County uh, to try to bring those students in and show them what a healthcare career can look like, um, get them started in CNA classes, get them started, you know, in EMT classes, get them started in any different role we possibly can find, and then hopefully watch them and support them uh, as they come into uh, more clinical roles in, in healthcare and in, ho in our hospital. And, you know, we've had some really great successes there. We actually have had a couple of students recently that, you know, we started talking to them early on in their high school careers. Now they've graduated and now they've started to come work for us. Uh, so that's been really, really exciting to see that. Um, you know, and then certainly uh, some of the work around that education side once those folks do come in our health system, because I think uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the impact of COVID on our educational institutions. Um, a lot of those those younger nurses, those younger younger folks that are coming into healthcare, um, they they haven't had the same exact time in real patient care settings. They've done a lot of simulated care. They've done a lot of work uh, in the classroom, but you know it takes a, a different approach once you get in front of that patient. And again, that's where I think you know we're really blessed here at Oswego Health to have some really experienced staff that dedicate themselves to that. They they take the time, they nurture that younger staff, and uh, I think we we deliver a really high quality product here uh, at Oswego Health, and that quality leads the way because of that dedicated workforce. Um, you know, and just lastly, I'll touch on, you know, we also made an investment here at Oswego Health uh, in behavioral health, and, and certainly uh, we're working very dedicated in our community, and that's not something always an independent sole community hospital uh, makes investments in, in, in mental health and wellness, but, um, you know, we've made an investment there. We have a, a beautiful facility that's you know, part of a state grant that we received a number of years ago to renovate an old grocery store. Uh, and we turned that grocery store into a beautiful uh, inpatient and outpatient setting. We also put a primary care clinic in that uh, dedicated to, to people that uh, need care here in this community in behavioral health settings. Um, it's inpatient and outpatient setting. We also have a, a family and child clinic uh, in one of our other 17 locations throughout Oswego County. Um, you know, working with folks in that behavioral space, uh, especially coming out of COVID, especially with um, being more more, accept, more accepting as a community, I think uh, we're doing a much better job talking about behavioral health issues. So working more in that space as well is something that uh, certainly we're watching and I think Oswego Health is leading on, which I'm very proud of. That's amazing to hear. And I love the way you talked about it, both of those issues, first being the workforce, bringing in new students um, and getting them in high school and then bringing them in um, and being part of the system as they're graduating and ready to be in the clinical setting. And then to, you know, ushering in those early career nurses um, that maybe haven't had the same kind of opportunities to do clinical work and real world work that their predecessors did. And so understanding that and being compassionate about bringing them into that clinical space is so important. And then too, for the behavioral health um, investment, it seems like more and more communities are really elevating behavioral health and mental health as a priority. And, you know, from your perspective and looking there, 
what has really been something that worked for you within those types of investments, just making sure that you're meeting the needs of the community um, as well as keeping everybody um, within the facility safe? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have this mantra at Asuil Health called We Care. Um, you know, it, it's simple. It's two words. It, it's an emphasis. Um, but, you know, that mantra really does play out throughout our entire system. And it, it speaks to the quality of care that we offer here. And, you know, you go and look at CMS ratings and, you know, I think we're, we're as highly rated here in upstate New York as you're going to find a, a hospital system. Um, and, and making those investments, especially in behavioral health, I really want to emphasize that. And, you know, one of the, the amazing parts of that, you know, we received a grant from New York State to do this, but we also had a tremendous amount of support from our community, including a million-dollar gift from a local family that um, had done well, uh, been very successful in business, uh, but had a story to tell uh, around their, their their son, their brother, uh, who, who who had some some issues that um, you know were were addressed in, in in this community. Didn't quite have the services that uh, they wanted to have at that time, and they had never really told the story uh, around Rusty Labdell uh, until they named the facility after him. Um, and they also worked with us and are continuing to work with us uh, as part of their gift uh, to design more initiatives, to go into schools, to do more education in this community about mental health and behavioral health uh, resources that are available to this community. And um, it, it's been striking to me uh, to see the amount of folks reach out, uh, again, having grown up in this community, uh, true leaders that are touched by mental health and wellness issues. Uh, and they're willing to talk about it now. They're willing to talk about their kids. They're having really productive conversations out of that. And hopefully they're aligning care to help manage that uh, situation before, sadly, a, a tragic result or something else happens. Um, so I'm very, very proud of that, and I'm excited about it. Well, that's amazing to hear. And thank you so much for sharing with us. Now, looking ahead, what are you most excited about and what makes you nervous? <laughs> um, so I, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, you know, I am excited. Uh, Swego Health uh, really performed well during in 2023 uh, as a health system across the board. Um, you know, our, our numbers returned. You know, we went from being you know closed down in our ORs to, to fully op open and operational. Um, you know, our medical surgical floors are renovated. They are state of the art. Uh, we've had some hospital leaders from much larger systems in here that have asked us, what's that technology and how do I get it? Uh, those are tremendous compliments to us we go out. Um, so I'd say that I'm excited about the, the stabilization that we've been able to uh, work through in the last year and a half or so uh, coming through the pandemic and, and trying to continue to work our way out of that. Um, I, I'll say that the nervousness side of it uh, comes on that next piece and its growth. It's getting back to that. How do we continue to scale care in this community? Uh, how do we continue to grow? Uh, again, I mentioned, you know, we have an FQHC in this community that we work with. We also have a number of independent primary care docs. We have a very robust primary care system as well. Um, we have, a, we have a, a great investment that we've made in specialty services. Um, our orthopedics division is getting some of the most complimentary reviews uh, we've ever seen. Um, Dr. Diaz and his team do a tremendous job over there in, in our Fulton office aligning to care. Um, you know, we've got some really, really amazing emerging specialties in primary care work here. And, you know, nervousness in terms of scaling that. Uh, and looking into new markets potentially and looking at different ways that we can grow uh, to just continue to improve that access to care 
that is so, so important here in upstate New York. Um, you know, I'm nervous about it, but I think that probably means we're doing the right thing. Um, so having those butterflies in the belly aren't always a bad thing. Uh, and I think we've shown the ability to scale and shown the ability to make good decisions in real time. So uh, excited nervousness is a good part of that. That's amazing to hear, and especially at a time when a lot of community hospitals and, and um, systems are, you know, trying to contract or find partners or whatnot, it, being able to be in that position where you're looking to expand, potentially grow into new markets and bringing on, um, you know, robust programs with both primary care and specialty care, it seems like you're really in a really unique and great position and have found a real sweet spot there in Oswego. Well, I appreciate that, and and you know we have, and we continue to work on it. And and the thing that I'm always conscious of, in you know, you mentioned partnerships. Partnerships isn't a aren't a, isn't a bad thing, and we're very willing to work with as a community hospital. We love dancing, quote unquote, with everybody. Um, you know, we're very willing to work with academic medical institutions like Upstate down to our south. Um, you know, we work very, very closely with them on a lot of different issues. And that's not anything that's bad or, or maligning it to Oswego Health. It's just a great compliment. And they do a tremendous job of educating our staff at times. You know, a lot of our docs come through their medical school. Um, we're very proud of that work. And the more we can do to scale care again in our community, that benefits our community. And it probably it will. I don't have any doubt about it. will benefit uh, our, our small little community hospital up here on the shores of Lake Ontario that wants to just continue to scale care and do what we do really well and have for over 140 years. Fantastic. Well, real quick before we wrap up here, Mike, I'm wondering if you could talk about what will the most effective healthcare leaders need in order to be successful in the next two to three years, especially given some of the changes in the way that healthcare is evolving. Yeah, thank you for that question, too. Um, and I know I'm going to be speaking about this at the conference coming up uh, in Chicago. Um, I think the role that, that government uh, plays in healthcare is something that, you know, I, I think anybody needs to be more and more conscious of in a leadership position uh, within healthcare. It's certainly a huge component of my background and, um, you know, the Haney's, uh, our statewide association, and certainly our AHA pro partners. Um, you know, I did the Next Gen uh, Leaders Program with the AHA as well. Um, I, I think that some of the benefits that I was able to bring to that cohort and to these other trade groups and associations is uh, that connection to, to state and federal partners, uh, making sure legislators, making sure regulators understand the impacts that uh, healthcare is really still feeling. Because um, I know that you know COVID and, and, and the coronavirus, that whole pandemic has uh, been something that we all want to move on from, but it still has huge tailwinds and huge impacts uh, on healthcare in particular. Um, you know, to not acknowledge that is a mistake. And, you know, we have to continue to work from an advocacy perspective to speak up for ourselves, talk about what we need to do, because, you know, as we want to emerge, as the Sweet Wealth wants to continue to expand and grow and do more in this community, uh, we can only do so with, with the ability to make sure our, our bottom line makes sense and make sure we're that not-for-profit health system that is able to stand on its own two feet and pay its own bills. Uh, that's very, very important. So um, being able to talk about that in a very constructive way uh, on a variety of issues in TC and in Albany um, means an awful, awful lot to me. And I think that's something that I'll continue to work on and do more of uh, here over the next several years. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for joining me on the podcast today. And I'm looking forward to your session as well at the annual meeting. I think it'll be a great discussion. Um, really, a lot of um, fascinating conversations happen typically at our annual meeting. And so I'm excited to see you in person there. Very much looking forward to it. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.